Bam 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 Welcome back, everybody. It's Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Marl. That's Misty Sinnott. Marl. That's Lisa Linky. <laughs> um, I am Lisa Linky. And I'm not a woman. I'm a cow. <laughs> You're a beautiful, beautiful coo. A hairy coo. Um, That's what I've always dreamt someone would call me. Thank you. This is our Tuesday episode. It's our weekly beef. It's not our full book review. If you're looking for that, go up or yeah. down in the feed. And we are going to follow up on last week's episode, which yeah. is Small Doses with Amanda Seals. Yeah. And we're also going to um, do a little article, which I'm excited about. First, we have to check in on some homework. Before we do that, we do. I just want to remind you that we cuss yeah, and that um, we're here to help you in your self-help journey, whether somebody has told you to do it or you're interested in doing it yourself. I'm also, thank you. I'm also, I was asleep at the wheel. Did we say this is a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less? I sure did, right at the time. I bet you did. Everybody, that's where I am today. Where are you today? <laughs> I'm going to drag Misty across this finish line if it kills her. <clears throat> thank you so much. Misty, yes. I gave you homework from Small Doses. You, you had to decide- Blip or breath? Yeah. So um, in Amanda Seal's book, Small Doses, she spoke about haters. taking haters <laughs> and taking feedback yes. from people. And you have to decide if they are a blip, just a momentary distraction, mm-hmm. or if they're a breath. Like you should actually consider, take, consider what they're it. saying. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I, – I can't recall like a specific – a specifically jarring time, you know. She's uh, like, oh, I don't have haters, and all of my friends give me glowing feedback. No, not at all. I just, I just think there wasn't. I don't think I'm. Am I polarizing enough to have haters? I don't know. But when I think about when I think about people who give me unsolicited yes. feedback yes. or advice, I I was thinking about the part of the book where she said, um, other people have. Sometimes people will say things to you, but they're just projecting their own bullshit, bullshit and onto grata. you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. No, that has happened to me a couple of times. And it it's really, really powerful to ask, what place is this person in? What's their intention with giving me this feedback? Mm-hmm. And are they really trying to help me? I love that. Yeah. So I, I think I've gotten better at that. Mm-hmm. I also, I'm the type of person to ask for feedback. Yeah, Especially you are. if I'm feeling vulnerable or I've done something wrong or if a friend of mine have had a miscommunication, yeah. I might go like, is there something I've done to upset you? But I also like to set boundaries. Yeah. You know, even when I'm... Even when I'm asking for feedback on a script, yeah. I used to send someone a script and go, would love your thoughts. And now I go, here's the kind of feedback I'm looking for. Did yeah. the characters feel compelling yeah, to yeah, you? Yeah. Did you feel like there was a clear climax? Did was you get a haircut? Uh, six weeks ago. I haven't seen you since. It's been, I didn't notice. It's been so long. It looks so good. I apologize, everybody. Thank but you. you have to know her hair looks, it's so good it looks like a emoji right now. Oh, my God. You're Listen, welcome. I get my hair cut by Genevieve GN. She's at Genevieve GN Hair on Instagram. She's amazing. She's downtown. She, because of listening to this podcast, decided to quit her job at a, a hairstyling studio and start her own independent business. Does and she hate us thriving. now? Okay, great. Yes. Yes, no, Genevieve. She loves yes. us. She tells every client that sits in her chair to listen to us. Did, did you give, we should give her some um, cards to, to leave at her. Oh my God, we should. And a sticker. We should. A she, sticker. She has put Lisa and I in touch. 
touch with podcast network producers. Just so you know. The point is, we are too beautiful, amazing haircutted, constantly working, well-coiffed bitches um, Uh, who are sharing our life with you. Yes. So to sum up the homework... Remember, we were like, this is going to be tight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've gotten, I have gotten, uh, I hope, a lot better. This doesn't mean it's not still jarring when someone, I have a, a mm-hmm. I'll use quotes here. I have a friend. There's a person in my. Is it me? I'm right here. It's Louisa. There's a person in my friend group who's very, very snarky, a sort of their brand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll just say things in passing that can be really biting. Eat or shit, like bitch. if you hadn't, da 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 da. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> And it's it's interesting to go like, oh man, did I really do something wrong in that social situation, or are they just being a blip? And it's more about their discomfort. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So thanks for asking for that. I think yeah. I think you got to be careful who you ask for feedback from and who you who you let sink in. I love that. To your psyche. I'm going to read a an article. Um, I'm pulling a misty. I'm reading an article for our Thank weekly you. biff. It's from sciencealert.com. Le Buff Weekly. Stam. And I want you to know that I think about this article at least twice a year, if not more. Misty's eating her microphone. And I have to Google it and look it up. So now I'm excited to, to have it that I can just listen to it. Oh, yeah. I can go back and listen to it. Oh, have we to go love to it. listening to our own voices. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? You know what? That's a blip. Um, oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk a lot about the law of attraction and thoughts. We talk a lot about how we despise the yeah, law Yeah, and we don't, we don't believe that thoughts cause your... Um, things to happen. Things to happen. Because it's very victim-blaming. But we also talk about um, affirmations and mm-hmm. how those are helpful and that, that words are powerful. Yes. The, the, way, the that, way you choose to view the world yes. is wildly powerful. So I'm going to read you an article that huh? you may have heard and some of you out there may have heard, but huh? it blows my mind. And when I think about it, I lose my shit. This is from, again, sciencealert.com. Here's the title. There's evidence humans didn't actually see blue until modern times. <gasps> By Fiona McDonald. It's from April 7, 2018. Human vision is incredible. Most of us are capable of seeing around 1 million colors, and yet we still don't really know if us perceive those colors, if all of us perceive those colors in the same way. Yeah. But there's actually evidence that until modern times, humans didn't see the color blue. As Kevin Loria reported for Business Insider back in 2015, the evidence dates all the way back to the 1800s. That's when scholar William Gladstone, who later went on to be the prime minister of Great Britain, noted that in the Odyssey, Homer describes the ocean as wine dark and other strange hues, but he never uses the word blue. Oh, my God. A few years later, a philologist... Theologist? Philologist. P-H-I-L-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. That sounds like you, something you need to get looked at at the doctor. Well, it's someone... Got a massive philologist. It's someone who studies language and words. Thank you. Called Lazarus Geiger, uh, decided to follow up on this observation. I love that they, they didn't name him. He's called this. Uh, he decided to follow up on this observation and analyzed ancient Icelandic, Hindu, Chinese, Arabic, and Hebrew texts to see if they used the color. Wow. He found no mention of the word blue. What? When you think about it, it's not that crazy. Other than the sky, there isn't really much in nature that is inherently a vibrant blue. Mm. In fact, the first society to have a word for the color blue was the Egyptians, the only culture that could produce blue dyes. Oh, my God. From then, it seems the awareness of the color spread throughout the modern world. 
But just because there was no word for blue, does that mean our ancestors couldn't see it? Right, because I, the sky has probably always been blue. I wasn't there. I can't say for sure. Well, and our eyes have had the same, we imagine, cones. capability. Mm-hmm. Rods and cones. Thank you. That's Hashtag rods science. and cones. There have been various studies conducted to try to work this out, but one of the most compelling was published in 2006 by Jules Davidoff, a psychologist from Goldsmiths University of London. Davidoff and his team worked with the Himba tribe from Nam- Namibia. In their language, there is no word for blue and no real distinction between green and blue. To test whether that meant they couldn't actually see blue, he showed members of the tribe a circle with 11 green squares and one obviously blue square. Well, it's obvious to us. At least you can see below. And here's a picture. I'm going to brighten my screen for Misty. Okay. Can you see this? Don't move the... Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, I see the blue. It's just a like a clock yeah. face of squares yeah. and one is blue. But the Himba tribe struggled to tell David off which of the squares was a different color to the others. Those who did hazard a guess at which square was different took a long time to get the right answer, and there were a lot of mistakes. But interestingly, the Himba have lots more words for green than yes, we do. Yes. So to reverse the experiment, David Off showed English, speech, English speakers this same circle experiment with 11 squares of one shade of green, 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 and then one odd square of a different shade. As you can see below, it's pretty tough for us to distinguish which square is different. In fact, I can't see any differences at all. I'm showing Misty. Uh, like a clock face with, there's more. I think there's like 13 green squares. Don't move the screen at all. Don't move the screen. Like at don't all. go scroll up or down. I feel like maybe I could guess. What position do you think? Uh, at like the two o'clock. Right. Maybe. The Himba tribe, on the other hand, could spot the odd square out right away. FYI, it is a clock face. It's that one. Oh, <gasps> that's the one. Great. But it was real. But I was guessing. Another study by MIT scientists in 2007 showed that native Russian speakers who don't have a single word for blue, but instead have a word for light blue, goluboy, and dark blue, sinii, can discriminate between light and dark shades of blue much faster than English speakers. This all suggests that until they had a word for, for it or from it, it's likely that our ancestors didn't actually see blue. Holy shit. Or more accurately, they probably saw it as we do now, but they never really noticed it. And that's pretty cool. Find out more about how language shapes our ability to detect color in this article over at Business Insider and a fascinating Radio Lab episode, which is probably where you've heard it, which inspired her feature. So we'll post that in the show notes. You know what else I'm going to post in the show notes? Mm-hmm. My friend Brian, mm-hmm. whom I adore, mm-hmm. did a TED Talk on colorblindness. Mm. Um, he is very, very colorblind. He's a strong protan. And he uh, has this brilliant and funny and poignant um, talk about perspective mm-hmm. and color. And it covers some of this. And it covers the tribe that like has 50 different words for green. Yeah. Which is amazing. Um, but it's really entertaining and wonderful. I love and that. We'll, we'll put that, that. In, We'll put that in the show notes. So my quick question yeah. then for us to think about is knowing that humans cannot see something that we cannot name. Yes. I think that for me that helped from a scientific background yeah. as my strategy brain yeah. affirmed this idea that affirmations and word choice is important, but yeah. thoughts do not make things happen. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And the other thing it brings up for me in a self-help lens is until I have language to explain experiences, I can't aptly identify them, right? So, for instance, when Gemma Hartley's yes. article came out, which we 
we have an interview with Gemma Hartley. She was on the podcast. Yeah. We read her article. Women aren't nags. They're just fed up. We covered her book, Fed Up. If you want to hear about it. it like it clicks into place. Oh, yeah. Until she actually said, oh, no, here's the invisible mental load that women carry or certain parts of domestic partnership carry. I could not express or fully identify those feelings of frustration that I was feeling. Yeah. So it's happened a few times on the podcast with a few different concepts and like it's powerful and it matters. So Lisa, thank you so much. Thank that you. That was amazing. And your affirmations and and greens and blues be, be abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know, you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye!